0: and want to turn with us will be in the book of Genesis, chapter number 18. Genesis chapter 18. When you found your place, if you're able and willing to do so, we'll stand together out of reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God. Read several verses here and to try our best by the help of God to give you what's on our heart for the service this morning. We do desire your prayers and know that we can't do anything within ourselves, and we need the help of God today and want to be a help and a blessing to you. Genesis chapter 18, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. Of course, we know it's talking about Abraham here. The Bible says, And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. When he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door, bowed himself toward the ground. And said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched. Wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on. For therefore are you come to your servant. They said, so do as thou hast said. Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah. And said, make ready quickly three measures of fine meal. Knead it and make cakes upon the hearth. Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf, tender and good, gave it unto a young man, and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk, and the calf which he had dressed, set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. They said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? He said, Behold, in the tent. He said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. Lo, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also. The Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, "Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord?" For the time appointed, I will return unto thee, according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, "I laughed not," for she was afraid. He said, "Nay." But thou didst laugh. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Now we read these verses here in Genesis chapter eighteen, and we all are very familiar with this story and this record in the Word of God. We know that from the beginning, how that the Lord called Abraham out of his homeland, out of Ur of the Chaldees, and we are told in the Book of Hebrews that. Abraham didn't even know where he was going. He just received the word, the call from God. God said, follow me, and Abraham followed God. And of course, we know that Abraham was troubled about his situation. He was following God, trying to do the best he could, and in that day, it was an unusual thing, and a very hard thing upon a family not to have any children. Abraham said, I don't understand. I've followed you, and I've obeyed your command." He said, but yet there's no son born unto me. Yeah. Abraham began to try to figure out what he would do as we are inclined to do as human beings. A lot of times we try to make our own plans or how to predict our own future. And Abraham said, I guess what I will have to do is I have to give Eliezer, my eldest servant, I'll give him everything that I have and he will take over after I'm gone since there's no son born unto me. Yeah. Of course the promise of God comes And the Lord said I will give you a son It'll come for It will come forth of your own loins That that will be kings and priests And a great nation will come of you Of course that promise came and then time passed Abraham decided him and Sarah That they knew what God meant When God said that a child would be born And so Sarah said I'll give you Hagar my handmaid You go in unto her let her conceive and bear a child and that will be our child. Or possibly that because of that she has born then God will be gracious to me and I'll be able to conceive and bear a child. Of course that was not of the plan of God, but I am glad that God in His sovereignty knew everything about Abraham before He ever called Abraham out of His homeland. He knew that this day would come. He knew the mistakes and the, the missteps in the life of Abraham, and yet for Abraham's sake, the Bible said He blessed Ishmael also and made a great nation out of him. But of course we know that after all this comes to pass, God renews His covenant with Abraham and and he speaks to him and he said, This was not my intentions. This was not the plan that I had from the beginning. But you will have a son and Sarah will concede. That's Genesis 17. And Abraham himself last in Genesis 17, Not understanding how a man who is at that time 99 years old and Sarah 90, How that they could have a son. But God has said it would be so. Now we pick up in chapter 18 we know the events that are going to take place in the latter portion of the chapter. God is going to talk face to face with Abraham. God is represented by these three men who have come to visit with Abraham. And God says I'm not going to hide what I'm going to do to my servant Abraham. But he said I'm going to tell him that I've come to spy out the land of Sodom and Gomorrah and I'm going to destroy it for the wickedness that's come up before me of course we understand that at this point I'm trying to get where I need to be this morning but Abraham's nephew Lot is in Sodom he first pitched his tent to Lord Sodom but now we find Lot in the middle of Sodom and Abraham intercedes to God on the behalf of Lot for God to spare Sodom you can have your opinion I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that but I do believe that I think Abraham stopped short I think if Abraham had went all the way down to one I think that God would have spared Sodom for Lot's sake but Abraham stopped at ten and God walked away and Abraham walked away and God destroyed the city but before all that conversation Abraham comes he sees these men as he stands at the tent door and he asks them to come and sit under the tree and for him to be able to feed them and take care of them and for them to go on their way. He goes to Sarah who he tells her what to do. Finds a young man who tells him what to do and then he brings it all under the tree and they begin to eat. And the Lord asked Abraham where is Sarah? Yeah. And Abraham says she's in the tent. And what he was meaning by that, what the Lord was saying is, is Sarah within earshot. He wanted Sarah to hear what he was fixing to say. And the Bible said she stood at the door behind Abraham and listened to the conversation that was going on under the tree. It was not customary in these days for the woman to be present when the men were eating, but she would stay in the house. But the Lord wanted to make sure that Sarah was hearing everything that he was getting ready to say. He said, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. And now he's already told Abraham this before. He wasn't telling this to Abraham for Abraham's sake he was telling this to Abraham for Sarah's sake so Sarah could hear the promise of God up till this point only Abraham had heard the covenant of God God had only spoke to Abraham Sarah had done what she ought to do I believe that's what the writer of Hebrews meant when it said that she called Abraham Lord she believed what Abraham had said she believed that God had covenanted with Abraham but she had to take Abraham's word for God's word. But now the Lord's going to make his covenant known for the first time to Sarah herself. He said I'll visit you according to the time of life. Behold Sarah thy wife shall conceive bring forth a son. The Bible said Sarah heard it and Sarah laughed. It was not a laugh of excitement was not a laugh like Sometimes in services when the Lord gets to move and many people react different ways. Some cry, some shout, some laugh. It's just how the Holy Ghost comes out in some of us. That's not the kind of laugh that Sarah was laughing. It was a laugh of doubt. It was a lack of foolishness. She thought what God was saying was foolish and by all human reason it was a foolish thing that God was saying. But by all understanding of the human intelligence the Bible said it had ceased to be with her after the manner of women. The book of Hebrews said that Abraham had to not consider his own body now dead. As far as this was concerned it would have been as just as easy for a dead man to have brought forth children and it had ceased to be Sarah's womb was dead and she laughed because it seemed foolish unto her. And the Lord said, why did you laugh? And this is the question the Lord asked and this is what's on my heart this morning. He said, is anything too hard for the Lord? Now the word too hard... Or the words too hard mean beyond His reach. Beyond His power. Beyond His capability. God said, is there anything I can't do? does it really matter what age you are? Does it really matter what circumstance you find yourself in? Does it really matter what others think? Does it really matter even what you think? Is there anything too hard for me? That day when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and told her what was going to happen, she couldn't understand it. She said, how shall these things be? Seeing I know not a man. And the, the angel said, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. He said, for with God nothing is impossible that day when Jesus was preaching about the rich man and he talked to that rich young ruler and he walked away and Jesus said how hard is it for them to have great riches to enter in the kingdom of heaven he said it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of the needle than it is for a rich man to enter in the disciples didn't understand they were much like Sarah much like Mary they said well who then can be saved if you're saying this is so hard and so difficult who can be saved Jesus said it may be hard Hard. But he said what things are impossible with men are impossible with God. But a man it seems hard. But a man it seems difficult. But a man it seems beyond our reach and beyond our ability. But thank God to God it's not a difficult thing. It's not beyond His reach. It's not beyond His ability. Is there anything too hard for God? And so this morning the Lord I Thought I might preach on is there anything and I could this morning I think. But what the Lord's dealt with me about to preach to you and ask you this morning is what is your anything? What is your anything? I think we all have an anything. Anything. I thank everybody under the sound of my voice this morning. If you would search your heart and examine your life, somewhere in your life you haven't anything. And you're wondering whether or not that God can do it. It does not necessarily mean you doubt God's ability, it does not necessarily mean you doubt that you think any less of God than who He is. But the reality is, based on our circumstances, based on our reasoning, our viewpoint, Of where we stand, as it was with Sarah, it seems like an impossibility for anything to ever happen. But I want to ask you this morning: Is there anything too hard for God? So, what's your anything? What is your anything? Is this morning? I think I got three things I need to say this morning. I'll be done. But I really, really inside me feel like this is what I need to preach. And I think there's multiple people here this morning I'm satisfied by the leadership and the direction of the Spirit of God in my heart that there's multiple people here this morning that need to pay attention and give heed to what thus saith the Word of God. And hear what I'm saying. What is your anything? Is your anything a family member? Or a friend? Is that your anything? Is it a family member or a friend that needs saving? Is that your anything? That looks to you like they've went too far. Looks to you like they've gone too far down the road. Looks to you like it's been long enough and nothing's happened before now. And it seems to you like nothing will ever happen. And the more you try to talk to them, and the better you try to live in front of them, the brighter you try to let your light shine the worse that it seems they get. And in your mind, you're laughing, thinking it's an impossibility for God to ever do it. But I ask you this morning, is anybody too hard for God to say, them I thought about in light of the scriptures the chief has already got in Paul said this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners of whom I'm chief. But Paul said I'm the worst of the worst. He said I persecuted the church. I killed the very ones and it claimed the name of Christ. I thought I was doing God a favor. I was full of religion. I was full of zeal. I was full of hatred of God. I hated Christ. I hated the church. But he said God came to me and reached out where I was and he saved the chief and if God didn't have any trouble saving Paul and we can go farther than that if God didn't have any trouble saving me and if God didn't have any trouble saving you I'm glad to report to you this morning there's no person that he can't save is that your anything is there somebody a family member or a friend that needs saving and that's your anything and you're wondering if maybe just maybe that's too hard for god like it's beyond his reach beyond i'm glad this morning the scriptures speak to the contrary sometimes we think well that one's just gone so far it's just beyond his reach but Isaiah said his arms not short that it cannot say but neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear I'm glad he can reach to the lowest of the low. But David said I was in a horrible pit I was in the mary clay but he said the Lord in kind is here unto me and he heard my cry brought me up out of that horrible pit picked me up out of the mary clay I set my feet on a rock and establish my goings. I'm telling you this morning uh, there's nobody too far uh, that God can't reach out where they are. Uh, There's nobody. If he can find Jonah in the midst of the ship uh, going in the opposite direction of his will, he can find your family member. He can find your friend. And can I say he don't have to find them. He knows exactly where they are uh, and he knows what it's going to take. Is there anything too hard for God? But then the Lord, I'm just giving it to you the way the Lord spoke it to my heart, not any more real as if you had. Maybe there's somebody here this morning you've got a family member or a friend, and maybe it's not that they need saving, maybe they're already saved, but maybe there's somebody here this morning you've got a family member or a friend and they need shaking and I don't mean that ugly, but there's some people, sometimes I come in contact with, uh, I preach so across the congregation, not just here, but other places, and I watch uh, what people are doing, and I see uh, the look in their eye, and I see that far-off glance, a look at uh, down yonder toward the far country, and if I had the ability, if I had the power, I'd just like to go where they are and shake them, and say don't go there, there's nothing there for you, don't take the trip, don't go the to this touch, don't walk away from the father where there's nothing there but bitterness and heartache and trouble for you you have a family member a friend or somebody you love that just needs God to shake them see the reality is as much as I want to go to them brother Tim and reach out and take hold of them and shake them it won't do them any good for me to shake them or it might affect them for a minute it might cause them to cry a little. It might even cause them to come to the altar. But if it's not of God, it won't do them any good. But when I can't reach out and shake them, I'm glad I know a God who can go where they are this morning. I thought about that prodigal when he left home, he went down yonder. And he, almost the scripture, the best of my understanding and knowledge, it seems to me like the prodigal had walked so far, gone so far, uh, that he wasn't even thinking straight. He wasn't even in his right mind. Uh, because the scripture said, there came a day that he came to himself. It dawned on him the light switch uh, got flipped on. God shook him in the far country and said, it's better at your father's house. But up until that point, he had never realized what he lost he would never realize what he left behind. It's easy for us to stand. It's easy as a preacher to stand. Sometimes it will look back across the congregation and see folks that are either looking or they're on their way or they're already there and want to shake them and question why won't you get right with God? Why won't you make things right? But until it dawns on them by the help of the Holy Ghost until God shakes them and turns the light on, they'll never realize what they've left or what they've Lost in the far country right. maybe this morning you know somebody that you love and care about and they just need to be shaken I want to ask you is there anything too hard for God I mean when we think about it that story of the prodigal and we read over stuff so fast sometimes and don't take in of what we're reading the story of the prodigals are pretty dark And grim story. That here's a boy that apparently came from a good family. Had a good father who had much money apparently because he's able at that time to give the younger son all that's coming unto him. One third. If there were only two sons which that is all that we read about in the Word of God one third of everything that the father owns would have went to the younger son. And he takes his journey now here's the thing don't misread the scripture or put your own thoughts in it read the bible for what it tells you the bible does not say that he got up one morning decided to do all this got what was coming and left but according to the word of god there had been some planning and some looking and some preparing and the bible said he got everything that he had and he didn't even leave right then It said there's a few days after. Not many days, but there's a few days. He gathers all that together. He gets it in his mind. He plans all the while Uh, and I understand that in the Scripture, uh, but there's no perfect time. The majority of the time uh, the Father is preached as God. and I understand that application runs real well, but I thought about in our day we as people that love our families. uh, Maybe it's your child. Maybe it's your grandchild. uh, Maybe it's a brother or a sister a husband or a wife, a mom or a dad and you try to reason with him and say don't go. Don't do what you're doing. I guarantee the Father Father said now son is this really what you want to do is this really where you want to go but well, don't you want to stay here I'll take care of you I'll see that your needs are supplied I'll make sure you have everything you want and he tried to reason with it and you and I get frustrated and we get burnt out sometimes and we want to pick them up sometimes I'm honest but sometimes you want to pick them up and shake them and throw them up down the hill somewhere but it won't do them any good but I'm glad I serve God and it knows where they are and it breaks our heart to see them go and it breaks our heart to see them suffer but you better not go to far country you better let God do the going or you better not try to get them out yourself but I'm there for a God that can shake them where they are and cause them to come home I feel real compelled to say this morning I think there's a lot of far country experiences that drug on too long because mom and daddy tried to get them out of the far country themselves. And they weren't ready to come home. They had not yet realized. I'm not saying glory in them being there. But you better let them have, let them have their time until God makes it real to them. They'll never truly be satisfied or want to come home until God shakes them where they are. Yes, And so I wonder this morning, if you got somebody that needs shaking and that's your anything and you're wondering, oh, we read the story of the prodigal like it happened overnight. No way. For him to take a third of his father's earnings, all not just gold and silver, but all the possessions and all the things, and for him to waste it, spend it all, took a long time in the far country. And it's not my business. I want you to hear me this morning. I'm preaching from my heart by the help of God. It's not my business and it's not yours at what point they come to their self. It's not my business and it doesn't excuse, I still ought to preach to them. You still ought to tell them. You ought to live right in front of them. You ought to love on them. Do everything you can. But we must live right. We must do what we do with the understanding it's in the mind and the time of God when they come to themselves. It may take spending a third. It may take wasting half. It may take wasting all. They may have to be like this prodigal and come to themselves in the hog pen along to eat what the hogs were eating. I've raised a few in my life I never once have had a desire to eat down there in the slop bucket where they were eating. So his life must have got pretty bad. And no doubt it broke the heart of his father. I wonder, and I'm just preaching, Oh, what's on my heart? I wonder if maybe there were some others that come and said, have you seen your boy lately? He said, no, I ain't seen. They said, you ought to see it. He's lost half his weight. What looks, all his eyes are sunken in and his skin's just hanging on him and he's out there in the hot field and he ain't got nothing to eat. And it broke the father's heart but the father couldn't get him out. And, but I'm glad there is a man who can go down where he's at and shake them to their core and shake them to up. they stand up and say, hey, you don't belong here. It's time to get out and come home again. It breaks our heart to see them go through what they're going through. It breaks our heart to see them suffer. It breaks our heart to watch them cast that blissful eye down yonder out of the far country knowing that some of us have been there and come back and we know there's nothing beneficial. I wonder if the father didn't say, now son, I've been down there and there ain't nothing good for you to find in the far country. But the father couldn't talk him out of it. But I'm glad there's a father in heaven that could talk him out again out of the far country and coming home again. There's nothing, nothing, nothing too hard for God. You're anything, maybe a family member or a friend. And they need to be saved or they need to be shaken. God can do it. It's not too hard for Him. It's not beyond His reach, not beyond His capability, not beyond His power. If that's your anything, but then I wonder this morning. I said I just had three things. You could preach a whole bunch, but this is what God gave me to preach. I'm going to preach what He said. Maybe there's somebody here this morning. And your anything is finances. And I feel like I need to preach this two ways. Maybe you're here this morning and you've got problems with your finances. The bills are piling up over here. If you put them on the scale, the bills would weigh the scale down over here. And your income would be way up here. There's no way in your mind to ever make the scales balance. I'm not talking about living in excess, blowing what you've got, but I'm saying there are times in our life and we're entering in, and I'm not trying to preach current events, and I'm not trying to be a, a doom and gloom preacher, and I'm not trying to get your mind off on all that, but we're entering into a dark time, I'm afraid, in our nation. And things don't look good with the economy looking worse than it's about ever looked. And you and your mind are already struggling. You pile up the bills on this side and the money on this side and they never do work out and you're wondering and struggling and thinking there's not any way that it can ever make sense. There's no way I can ever pay this. There's no way I can ever get out of maybe the debt. And I understand it. And there's probably a lot of preaching to be done against it. But I'm telling you, debt hangs over us. And problems with our finances hang over us. And it gets you so pulled down, you can't even see the light of day. And you can't worship God. And you can't feel at home in the service. And you can't feel the stern of His touch. And it's all about financial problems or that you can't do anything about anyway. But I'm here to ask you this morning. Is anything too hard for him? Yeah, I can stand this morning and testify from personal experience that it's not too hard for God there have been things I ain't even told my wife about in the past about bills that were coming due and I knew and I'm not bad mouthing or poor mouthing and asking for sympathy I'm talking about days in the past hey, and be another day tomorrow I don't know God knows but I know He took care of me then He'll take care of me now but they have been days in the past I didn't even tell her that the bill nobody knew but me and God and God somehow some way worked it all out and took care of it I'm here to tell you there's nothing too hard for Him Now I'm preaching what God told me to preach this morning. Maybe it's not necessarily that you've got problems this morning. Like right now, problems. Paying your bills or making your finances work. But maybe it's your planning. Maybe you're looking out in the future. And the way it looks don't look too good. God said to tell you there's nothing too hard for Him. Maybe you're here this morning, I'm just preaching. The Holy Ghost is nudging. I told him if he had nudged me, I'd preach it. Maybe you're here this morning and you and God's dealing with your heart about doing something. Maybe it's a change of job. I I don't know what it is, but God said to preach it this morning. And you got it all planned out and you sat down together. Maybe it's husband and wife and tried to map it all out. None of it makes sense. And so you're denying God from doing what He wants to do in your life. You won't follow through. You won't have the faith because all these financial plans, they don't work out. I want to ask you this morning, is anything too hard for God? I told the Lord I'd say whatever He told me to say this morning. I remember as a young preacher, I was pastoring the second church that I'd ever pastored. And this is the third. And uh, I remember the Lord is dealing with me and my wife about her. And I'm not preaching that you have to do this. I'm just preaching what God told me to say this morning my experience. and trying to tell you that nothing's too hard for God. Uh, God got to deal with me and my wife that it was time for her to come home uh, from work and stay at home with our kids. And I got down. I mean, I'm the husband. I'm the man. I'm the provider. I said, God, this will never work. There's no way that my income, I all the work I'm trying to do. What the church has been generous and given to me. There's no way it can ever meet the bills. I'll sell vehicles if I have to. But it still won't work God. We'll lose our house. We'll lose everything we got. And something in me is the Holy Ghost. But I mean, you know we say that sometimes. Something in me. I said tell God what you need. I said if she's going to come home and for it to work out on paper now I'm not telling you God will always work it all out on paper Uh, but I'm saying follow God whatever God tells you to do make sure it's God and if it is God you better follow Him you'll miss out on way more not doing what He says and you'll ever gain doing what you want to do and the Holy Ghost said tell God it's kind of like the Sunday school this morning Brother Tim said the Lord told him to keep it the Holy Ghost told me to tell God what I needed I said, Lord, if she's gonna come home uh, somehow or another, you gotta make this much more money. Come in every week, or we can't make it. I walked into church two Sundays later, and the church said, It's on our heart to give you a raise. And to the exact dollar amount that I told God I had to have. But two weeks later, it came in. I'm telling you, I hadn't talked to the deacons, I hadn't talked to nobody, I didn't even tell my wife what God had told me and what I told him. But God worked it all out. There's nothing too hard for God. We spend too much of our time trying to reason about what we're going to miss out on, what we can't give to our kids, what we can't do for this, and we we can't go there, and we can't do this, and we can't do that, and we may have to make lifestyle changes. I'm not telling you the road's been smooth, but God's always took care of it all. There's nothing too hard for God. What you need to do this morning if you're struggling with your financial plans. And I'm going to tell you, the longer you struggle with it, the harder it's going to be for you to ever put it in the hand of God. What you need to do this morning, if the Lord touches your heart and it's time to come and if you need to come right now that's fine it won't faze me a bit you don't have to wait till I get done preaching but if the Lord touches your heart and whether it's a family member whether it's a friend whether it's somebody you love whether it's your finances you need to come this morning you need to put it in the hand of God I'd say I'm tired of trying to figure out how it may or may not work I'm tired of trying to plan it and see it come out not in my favor But I mean, if you'll put it in God's hand I promise you it might not add up on the calculator you might not be able to Multiply and divide it. I mean, it'll come out in your favor every time with God. Amen, brother. Thank the Lord. Is your anything a family member, a friend, finances? And I'm right now done. I want to know this morning is your anything a physical problem? This is what the Lord, these are the three things the Lord said for me to preach this morning, and I've preached them. Have the doctors told you something that stirred you up on the inside and made you feel like there's no hope? And it's not that you don't believe in God. It's not that you don't know Him any more than you have But sometimes we just let these anythings... I mean Sarah loved God, and she loved Abraham and Abraham loved God and God loved them, and they were doing their best, but in human logic and in human reason, this anything has seemed too hard for God. And the Lord said, is anything. What the Lord was saying is a negative, there's not any. That's what the Lord was saying to them. there's not anything. Too hard for the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'll say this and I'm done. I got to reading that verse and I ain't no scholar. There's more preachers out there know way more than I do. But I know when the Lord tells me to say something. And I was reading that verse and if you, re- it ain't no coincidence. It ain't just happenstance. It ain't how the translators wanted to put it. It's how the Lord ordained it to be. And He said, Is anything too hard for for the Lord capital L capital O capital R capital D and anytime you study in the Hebrew when the name Lord is all capital it's his most holy name it's his most sovereign name it demonstrates his greatest power his greatest ability it is the word Yahweh in the Hebrew it means the divine one the supreme one the one who has all authority and all power he said that's who I am I control it all I'm the one that called you from earth. I'm the one that brought you to now I'm the one that took care of you when you forsook family and friends and loved ones and acquaintances. I'm the one that's blessed you. I'm the one that's given you all this stuff and is there anything too hard for me? I need to tell you this morning we're not serving little g God. We're not serving a Abel and Off or Molech or any of the others of the Old Testament. We're not worshipping religion. We're not serving the Baptist. We're not serving the church. We're not serving the preacher. But we are serving the Divine One. The Supreme One. The same God that appeared to Abraham in the plains of Mamre has appeared to us on the side of the road at Mars Hill, North Carolina at Gospel Way Baptist Church. And he's asked you the same question with the same power and the same authority and the same ability. Is the anything too hard for me and the answer is no there's nothing too hard for him while we stand all over the house I'm done (coughs) some have already come